Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Proverbs, from chapter 31, verses 1 through 7, and I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. No, my son, no son of my womb, no son of my vows. Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink, or else they will drink and forget what has been decreed and will pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, friends. I am Reverend Erin Grayson, and I am delighted to be with you this morning. I hope you can all see me okay. Sometimes I travel with a little stool that my children and husband give me a lot of grief about. <laughs> but my stock answer is, God made me this way. So I'm a little shorter than the average bear, but I hope that the pulpit isn't overwhelming me today. I have some notes I'll rely on, so, uh, but I'll walk around a little bit too. Just so you know something about me, I have just finished up a two-year um, temporary position at Rolling Bay Presbyterian Church, which is on Bainbridge Island. Um, before coming to Bainbridge Island, I lived in Connecticut, and believe it or not, that's how I know your beloved pastor, Jimmy. We didn't live in Connecticut at the same time, but I was under the care of the Presbytery of Southern New England, where Jimmy was serving, and he happened to be assigned to me as a mentor, and wow, what a blessing and gift that was, right? So you might not be surprised to know that Jimmy has walked alongside me as I've gone through sort of the steps to become ordained, and when I was ordained in May of 2019, well, Jimmy flew all the way here to be a part of that ordination. So it feels sort of like a full circle to be here today at John Knox Presbyterian Church where he's serving as your senior pastor. And we can all celebrate together, right? He has a new member of the family. What a blessing that is. Well, that's just a little bit of background about me, and as much as I love to hear stories and share stories and see the beautiful interconnectedness of God's family, that's not the sermon that I prepared for today. So I'll pause here and I'll invite you to pray with me now. May the words of my mouth, O God, and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today, as Rachel mentioned, we'll continue the sermon series, Smart Life, begun by Pastor Jimmy, um, based in the book of Proverbs. I was really intrigued um, when he told me that you're studying the Proverbs this summer because it invited me to reflect on them a little bit 
And it also made me feel a little nostalgic because when I think of the Proverbs, I often remember a childhood friend's mother who was sort of a wealth of proverbial wisdom. She often shared with us little one-line zingers that growing up in Appalachia, we often dismissed as old wives' tales, but now that I'm a mom myself, I really see the wisdom and value in them. She would say things like, well, there's a lid for every pot when we couldn't find a date for the prom, or conversely, <laughs> When we had our hearts broken, she'd quickly come in and say, another bus comes in 15 minutes. <laughs> and she just had a way of soothing our souls. And this woman too, I'll let you know, is a woman of great faith. So together, her wisdom and her faith somehow made it better or imparted something on us that I carry with me today as a mother. And I even hear myself repeating some of the Proverbs that she shared with, with us. So right away, I was struck by Proverbs chapter 31, verses 1 through 7, because its title is, The Words of King Lemuel, an Oracle that is mother taught him. Yay, mothers rejoice everywhere. <laughs> so in the bit of scripture in our lesson that we've just heard, Leslie shared with us this morning, we quickly learned that King Lemuel, and I'm pronouncing it that way for a reason, whoever he was, is sharing with us and with others his mother's wisdom. And her wisdom was so precious that her son called it an oracle, which is kind of elevating her to the status of a prophetess. So in my mind, this short passage is an ancient version of Mother Knows Best. And it's a vindication of sorts for mothers everywhere, though I doubt my own children would ever call me a prophetess. But to be honest, that's all we can really know about the who, the who's involved in this short passage found at the beginning of Proverbs chapter 31. Because this is the only time in the whole canon of scripture that King Lemuel is mentioned, let alone his nameless mother. Now, biblical scholars have speculated on various theories. Maybe Lemuel is a pseudonym for King Hezekiah, or even Solomon himself. Or perhaps he was another king altogether from a neighboring region. Some have suggested that King Lemuel is entirely fictitious, and they simply rely on the Hebrew roots of his name, Lemuel, means man of God or man belonging to God. And they use that to define his character. Now, I sort of like that last definition or explanation the best because it makes this little proverb a lot easier to relate to. I'm not a king, clearly, and I'm guessing that no one out there can claim that title either. So. King Lemuel, if we go by his Hebrew name, is just a person of God, 
like any person of God sitting here worshiping together today. And this person of God, King Lemuel, appreciates wise counsel enough to live by it and to share it with others. So he, he valued community and being together and sharing wisdom. So we need not be a king, real or imagined, for the advice of Lemuel's mother to apply to us here and today. Now, her advice may lack the pithy proverbial flair that my friend's mom's advice kind of sounded to like in my ears, but it's no less powerful for living a smart life. King Lemuel's mother's advice was twofold. It came in two parts. And on the surface, it was pretty direct. Basically, she said, avoid women and avoid wine. But just like my friend's mom, there's probably something a little more than what sits at the surface. And that's worth exploring together today. King Lemuel's mom first said, do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. Now we could put it another way. We could say, let us not give away our power to those who would bring us down. Yes, people of God, here again, let us not give away our power to those who would bring us down. Now here's where I imagine a mother lecturing her young adult son, maybe a wooden spoon in hand, telling him to choose wisely how he will spend his time and with whom, what kind of behaviors he'll engage in. She might ask him to, to think about what choices are in line with his values? She might encourage him to choose that way, even if it's not the more popular choice of the day. One way of engaging with the world and engaging with others and certain behaviors will enrich our lives. And choosing that which would destroy us, well, that will destroy our lives. The Apostle Paul later echoed King Lemuel's mother's words when he told the Corinthians church, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. So that's in line with King Lemuel's mother who warns him not to give his strength to women specifically, but it's probably meant as an allusion to adultery, not as an offense to women everywhere. And we don't need to share this particular vice to be able to relate to it. We are all tempted by the seduction of what seems easy and immediately pleasurable, whether it's lust that lures us from healthy, committed relationships or something else, some other kind of seduction. Maybe it's a race to the top of our careers that asks us to compromise our ethics or maybe it's a temptation to cheat to get a better grade rather than earning it ourselves. 
Any number of things could fit into this blank. Any number of things that would distract us from our responsibility to ourselves, to others, and of course, to God. I think we've all been there. It's easier to be with those who would encourage those bad and easy choices and overlook behavior as a means to an end. It's easier to be with those people rather than to be with friends in community who would hold us accountable to a higher standard, to our calling from God. In the end, those who would excuse poor behavior will bring us down rather than those who will hold us accountable and build us up. My friend's mom, the one I told you earlier about, offered a similar piece of advice that we again passed off as an outdated one-liner. She said this, and it's kind of stark. If you lie down with the dog, she said, you'll get up with fleas. No, no offense to dogs or fleas, <laughs> but you get the gist. In other words, our characters are affected by the behavior we engage in and the company we keep. And there are, friends, more consequences or consequences more serious than itchy fleas. King's, King Lemuel's mother warned him, don't give away your strength by keeping bad company and engaging in poor behavior because it will destroy you. It can destroy our judgment, our relationships, our jobs, our reputation, our health, the whole of our lives. Think about it this way for a moment. Giving away our strength to something that will destroy us is like giving away our power. And friends, as Christ followers, we know the source of our power is the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. The same Spirit who convicts and teaches us all of us, people of God, to grow in grace. The same spirit that empowers us to produce the fruit of the spirit, reflective of Christ's love in the world. Giving away our power, giving away our strength, robs us of love and joy and peace, of patience and goodness and kindness, of generosity and faithfulness, gentleness, and of course, self-control. It hurts others and it leaves us vulnerable. When we let go or give up our strength and our power, well, we're left with a void, an empty space. And friends, as human beings, we will always look to fill up empty spaces in our lives with things that bring us pleasure and happiness. And I think this leads to King Lemuel's mom's second piece of advice. Do not be tempted to fill up 
those empty spaces in life, sometimes inevitable, created, maybe we created it, or maybe it's circumstantial. Don't be tempted to fill up those empty spaces in life with quick fixes for happiness. And she used alcohol as an example, saying, it is not for kings, it is not for people of God to drink wine or for rulers to, to desire strong drink, or else they will drink and forget what has been decreed and will pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Now, we could replace strong drink and wine with any kind of substance or behavior that doesn't bring us full life. This isn't a sermon about not drinking wine. It's a sermon about not filling ourselves up with something artificial to bring us happiness. Those things distract us from the one who does offer us full life. Think about it, you could fill in the blank with any number of things. Sometimes we fill up empty spaces with food, with consumerism, buying things, with perfectionism, forgetting that God's grace is enough. We just sang about it, God's grace is enough and sometimes we forget and we think we have to fill ourselves up and our weaknesses with this quest for being perfect, for earning love, God's or otherwise. Those kinds of distractions hurt us and they can hurt others we care for too because they become our focus and we forget our priorities. Our priorities to God, meaning caring for ourselves and caring for others. Now, I think it's important to make a quick distinction here. When I talk about filling a void with a substance, I'm not talking about the disease of addiction, whether to alcohol, drugs, food, or anything else. And I don't think that's what King Lemuel's mother was getting at either, even if she knew anything about addiction. Addiction is a physical ailment requiring medical care, just like any other physical disease. We don't choose addiction any more than we choose to be afflicted by any other physical ailment. No, what I'm talking about when I say filling a void with something, a substance of sort or a behavior of sort, is really about the disease of sin, which is a spiritual sickness that we're all inclined to and affected by whether we suffer from any physical disease or not. Sin is the ailment we choose when we turn away from God's intention for us and look to ourselves or some other quest to fill us up and make our life fulfilling and worth living. Sometimes it's an escape even, as we don't want to face the challenges that life will bring us, right? We all know that. Sometimes it's an escape and we look away and we fill ourselves up rather than with the comfort of God, but with some other thing that will not bring us happiness. Sin is a choice we make to follow our own hearts rather than looking to God's heart to show us the way. And our search will always be fruitless when our focus isn't a search for God. 
Now, in this case, it wasn't another mother I'm thinking of who echoed King Lemuel's mother, but a 17th century mathematician and thinker, a man named Blaise Pascal who tried in vain to fill a void in his own life with a quest for knowledge, a quest for math of all things. And he spoke of his desire to fill some kind of void, something that was missing in his life like this. He said, we try in vain to fill everything around us, seeking in things that are, that are not there, the help we cannot find in those that are. Though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, by God alone. It's his words that inspired a more common saying. You might have heard of it. Heard of it. It's a phrase that speaks of this concept. There is a God-shaped hole in each of our hearts. Have you heard of that? Yeah. The sp there is a space in all of our hearts that only God can fill, and that's where we'll find true happiness. No amount of strong drinks, women, catalog shopping, sugar-laden desserts, screen time, prestigious accomplishments, none of that can fill it properly. Those are just distractions. Now, there's no mention of a God-shaped heart in our scriptures, but when Paul addressed the meeting, a meeting of folks in Athens, he said something kind of similar. He spoke to this concept. He said, I was going through your city and I saw the objects you worship. I found an altar that had these words written on it, to a God who is not known. And he said, you Athenians, you're worshiping unknown gods, gods that promise much, but who fall, fall far short of fulfilling voids in our lives, our God-shaped holes. Friends, we may not have actual altars in our lives with the same words written on it, but in our quest to fill ourselves up, or escape from our realities. In our quest to do so, we distract ourselves from God's will for us, and that, friends, is as good as the altar as Paul found in Athens. And it's precisely what King Lemuel's mother is warning him about. Paul reminded the Athenians, when God created humans, he wanted them to search for him and to find him to fill the void in their hearts. Friends, it does my own heart good as a mother to hear King Lemuel's mother's advice not only being heeded by him, whoever he was, but for it to have been recorded and passed down to all of us, King Lemuel, people of God. It's timeless, I think, and it's certainly adaptable. It goes beyond avoiding women and wine if we just let ourselves delve a little below the surface. It's important for us 
as we study the proverbial wisdom and we try our best to live a smart life to remember King Lemuel's mother, to remember that she advises us to choose our company and our behavior wisely, to choose to be with those who would build us up and not bring us down, that it's important to resist the temptation to give up our power and leave ourselves vulnerable to avoid, avoid that we'll always be tempted to fill up and to remember that that void can only be, be filled up by the one who promises and keeps his promise to give us a fulfilling life. Now, each part of her advice taken on its own or even taken together is wisdom to live by if we want to live a smart life. So let us go forth together, together in community, on our quest for God's purpose in our lives, individually and collectively as the body of Christ in the world. Hear the good news, friends. Lemuel, people of God, we can begin again right here, right now. It's the first day of the rest of our lives. Proverbial wisdom to live by. Thanks be to God. Amen.